and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum. I'm one of your hosts, Kirsten Hassler, the Executive Director for Eagle Forum, and I'm joined by my colleague, our Political Director, Tabitha Walter. We are also joined by Morgan Zegers, Founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Well, Morgan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days? So, like you said, I run an organization, a nonprofit called Young Americans Against Socialism. I'm from upstate New York. I also have a small woodworking business called Zegger's Freedom Flags. I make and sell wooden American flags uh, just out of pine, a very simple business, but I'm very proud of it. And when I was younger, I ran for state assembly in upstate New York. So I'm happy to be a part of the conservative movement in many ways. So how did you come to be where you are like what oh like what <laughs> circumstance happens that you were like okay I'm going to create young Americans against socialism well I attribute this I try to think back to how I came to it but I know around 2018 in November I saw a poll that said from Gallup a majority officially a majority of young Americans would choose socialism over capitalism for the future of the country and I was just shocked by that I mean a majority of people over 50 percent and then I thought back to a time in college I had a communist roommate and it was the, the craziest thing. I walked into her room on the first day when I met her, and there was a poster of Mao Zedong, Lenin, Stalin, Karl Marx, and Fidel Castro on her wall. And I've never seen these guys like outside of the setting of a black and white documentary on the History Channel. Mm-hmm. I love the History Channel. Or in like a textbook in my history class. Again, black and white pictures of these guys. And then all of a sudden, this like beautiful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed American girl is just in Washington, D.C. with a poster of mass murderers and dictators on her wall. And... What I learned from her is that she was a communist and she really thought that her ideas were going to help the poor and the working class in the United States and she was incredibly well-intentioned. And so that idea that she wanted to help people and she really thought communism was the best way drove me to figure out how we can best message free market principles and the values of freedom to people our age. Can you tell us more about how millennials today are misinformed about socialism? So. For instance, your roommate, obviously Mm -hmm. she had some misinformation given to her down the road somehow. So how has that come to be? Well, I think, first of all, I always remember to say not everybody is like my communist roommate. I don't think a majority of people actually believe in, in the values of communism. But I think the issue is, first of all, we were failed in the classroom. We're incredibly ignorant on the issues of socialism and the failures of socialism and communism. And I... I know a lot of people will say, oh, the socialists have infiltrated our education system and there's all these these like deep state people working against you. And maybe that's the case, yes, but I think a lot of it is just a lack of information that was passed. And I think the, the major part where we were failed was making the connection between these awful men being dictators that were evil and starved their people and the fact that those men came to power as socialists who promised incredibly great things, a very free fair, equal, moral society, uh, very utopian-esque, and it resulted in those men becoming dictators who starved their people, whose people were thrown in prisons and re-education camps. And so that idea that they weren't just bad people who wanted to rule over their entire country and the fact that instead they they were socialists who believed in Karl Marx and who promised free things, I, I think we need to make that connection. And so, like I said, first of all, we were failed in the class and were ignorant, but on top of that, like my communist roommate, we're incredibly well-intentioned. And I think that combination of ignorance and well-intentioned ideas is being taken advantage of. And it like sets us up like a tee for softball. We're perfectly teed up to be taken advantage of by the far left. 
And so I think moving forward, we have to define who the real enemy is. I don't think the enemy is the the 70%, like commun- the victims of communism poll said, 70% of people our age would vote for a socialist. Do I really think 70% of people our age want to seize the means of production or want to have the government control major parts of the economy? I don't. I think that the real enemy here and who we should be targeting with our efforts and with our messaging is the far left leaders at the top, Bernie Sanders, AOC, uh, Justice Democrats, Democratic Socialists of America, who are spreading the lies and taking advantage of people our age. Mm-hmm. Do you think that a lot of this stems from the fact that a lot of kids are going to college and then out of school, they can't find a job? And so in their minds, well, if we had a country that was socialist, you know, I would be guaranteed a job or at least some sort of basic income so that I wouldn't have to worry so much about providing for myself. I, I definitely think there is, I would, I don't know how to really put words to it, but there's this sense that as Americans, I think our generation is not grateful for everything we have. I think under the Trump administration, our economy has really taken off and we have more opportunities to find jobs after college, but a lot of millennials specifically went through the decades before this, where you would go to college, spend tens of thousands of dollars on a degree, and then not have a job after. And I think this is where that idea of class war, and and I talk a lot about this in my speeches, but I think every socialist leader and movement has to create class division, frustration between the classes. And I specifically think Bernie Sanders and the Democrats that are radical and true, true socialists today are using the student loan crisis as the avenue to create the desire for wealth redistribution. If you think, I always talk about Fidel Castro and Che Guevara, when they were coming to power, what they would do is steal animals from the local wealthy landowners and they'd give them to the peasants in town and they would say, hey guys, like here's a little taste of what it's going to be like because those evil rich people down the road with all that money and all that land and all those resources, they have what you don't have and that's not fair. So we forcibly took it from them and we're giving these animals to you because you deserve them. All you have to do now to make this happen even more is give us more power, join us in the movement. And we don't really barter with land animals anymore, but I think the perfect uh, 21st century version of that is Americans, millennials, and now Gen Z are graduating college with hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. And you have uh, Elizabeth Warner, you have Bernie Sanders saying, hey, you see those evil rich people on Wall Street? You see those evil millionaires and billionaires who have money that they don't deserve? They have money they don't deserve. We're going to use government force to take it, and we're going to give it to you to cancel off your student loans and to give you free college for all, to give you free Medicare for all, all of the things. And so I I think it's important to look back on the socialist movements of the past and see how the socialists of today are mimicking their behavior. So you found a need for messaging, and you created this organization from the ground up. Can you talk about how you spread that message and the tools you use and what kind of messaging you use to, to convey these qualms of socialism? Yeah, well, I, I got a little inspired because I, I know a lot of people, both my age and in every generation, especially the older Americans, they'll look at people my age who support socialism and they say, oh, we've really got to send them to Venezuela. Let's just ship them off to Venezuela for a week and they'll learn their lesson and they'll come back thankful. And that's not practical at all. I don't think we could actually ever do that. But I, I thought about like, how can we actually show them what it's like? And I did research into the best avenue to communicate and I saw that it's peer-to-peer communication. And um, I thought, okay, well, we could do that with, with some videos or some sort of way where we're talking as peers and as friends to uh, people our age. And then I saw also that 90% of people in our generation have a social media account, 90%. And so the opportunity to reach almost everybody is, is very, very 
uh, real and, and very realistic. And so I knew I wanted to be on social media. A lot of people say, well, you should start a class. You should make an online class that people can go take on your website, and then after they take your class, they'll be they'll be capitalists, and then they they'll love they'll hate socialism. And I don't know people even on the right who would want to take their time to, to put themselves through hours worth of classes. We have very short attention spans. We have very busy lives, and I don't think anybody would do that. So I'm really results oriented. I'm very much into finding the most efficient and effective way to spend dollars, especially when they're donor dollars. So that's why I think just short two, three, four minute videos on social media where 90% of the people our age have an account that bring in the element of emotion like the left does. Mm -hmm. It will show them what it's like to live in in socialism. And uh, I think it will really teach them a lesson. And I think the second aspect of adding emotion on social media videos is also providing realistic solutions. Like I said, the student loan debt issue is a huge one, and the left is providing real uh, solutions for this. They may be completely out of this world and impossible, but they're at least providing solutions and saying they care about it. I hope conservatives can step up and provide realistic solutions. And the second part of that is providing realistic solutions for environmental policy because the left is using climate change as a true Trojan horse Mm -hmm. to get our generation to support a, a failed ideology. So I'm sure you've received a lot of negativity and pushback. Mm -hmm. Um, And how have you overcome that, and how has it empowered you to just keep moving forward? I think when you, if you look at my social media, there's quite a few angry people on there, and that's okay. If certain people were mad at me, I would take it to heart, and I would be uh, more affected by it. But to be honest, it's girls on Twitter that have Karl Marx's daddy uh, written in their bios and it's great. <laughs> I look at this and I just know like these are the kind of people that I want to piss off to be honest and I'm sorry for saying the p-word oh my goodness I feel bad um, I'm very much a grandma but if you look and the people that tell me to f off and the people that are swearing at me the people that are sending me threats the people that are constantly trying to hack my accounts they're all true communists with hammer and sickle signs on their profile and, and they're carrying firearms saying that the people against our movement have addresses and names these are crazy people they're not just regular democrats i'm not in this to fight the democrats or be political i know this is republicans and democrats versus true radical socialists and communists so when a communist who believes in those dangerous deadly ideology is, are t- is telling me to f off on twitter i take that as a badge of pride and i'm not going to be affected by it uh, if this was people that i respected and people that i i want on our movement that were telling me I'm doing this wrong and telling me that I'm not being effective, I would take that to heart and I would definitely take uh, take heed of their word and I would work to improve mm-hmm. on whatever tactics we were using. But I think it's good to have certain enemies and when you, a communist is your enemy, I think you're in a good place. Obviously, you handle the situation with such grace. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're first starting out and you start getting that backlash negativity, it can be really hard and, and emotionally draining. So what advice do you have for anyone who wants to speak out against this, whether it's young conservatives or teachers or, I mean, adults who are against socialism and in the conservative movement, or even if, if someone is a liberal or a Democrat and wants to speak out against socialism, what, what advice do you have for them? Yeah. I think I don't want to mislead anybody by acting like I wasn't affected when I initially did it. I, I've just learned that I have the right enemies. And so I used to read all the comments. I used to read everything that was written about me on the Daily Kos or Coast, whatever it is. 
I, I used to read all of the mean articles, everything that would go viral, because the left is very strong on Twitter. There was a New York Times article recently about Bernie Sanders' online army and how they are just vicious people. And so uh, I was telling you guys a little bit about this last night, but there's grown men with, like, hashtag me too and hashtag, like, times up in their Twitter bios, and they're doodling these, like, disgraceful cartoons of me in bikinis and in inappropriate outfits, and, and it's upsetting. And I remember... It's so crazy to be on your podcast and be talking about this because when I first did this and when I was first getting involved as a conservative a few years ago, there was a picture of me with a pro-life sign at the March for Life. And the Democrats in my area that were more on the radical side took those pictures, posted them onto these blogs and wrote these long, long articles about me. And they called me the Phyllis Schlafly of upstate New York. <laughs> and it was this it was this article riddled with these mean words and with these attacks and everything. And then I got to the point in the article where they called me the upstate New York Phyllis Schlafly. And it immediately changed my mood because I realized that's a compliment to me, you know. I, I remember I told my mom, I was like, Mom, you wouldn't believe what they just called me. I was so happy. It, yeah. it changed my mood because I, I'm grounded in my values and I have uh, moral direction and I, I believe it's important to understand that you're not going to please everybody. And, and it took mm-hmm. me a long time to realize that. And I think that that comment about upstate New York Phyllis Schlafly yeah. really had a positive impact on how I view those things. Yeah, well, Phyllis definitely received some heat, but she didn't let it bother her, and she just kept forging forward. So that's that's great okay. that you're doing that. It takes that. time, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't. I feel bad because people reach out and they're like, "How are you so confident in handling these things?" Because now I call people out. Now I stand yeah. up for myself. I used to not do that. So if you aren't in that place yet, that's okay. And you, people can message me anytime. I'm happy to talk with them yeah. through it. You have an amazing story about how you were at an event and um, you had the Republican crowd, you had the Democrat crowd, and they kind of came to a consensus on at least one issue, and that was downing women, <laughs> um, against downing women. So can you talk about that? Yeah, story? of course. Well, I do a lot of um, college speeches, and recently, maybe like a month ago, I went to NYU. And I spoke at their event, and I have an hour-long presentation that I give. I specifically, I mentioned a few of these things in this podcast, but I, I talk about the three tactics that the left uses to convince our generation that uh, socialism is a good idea and how those tactics are really uh, similar to the socialist movements that we've seen before. And so I break down the difference between Nordic European uh, economics and how they finance their programs through capitalism, and then the difference between that and Nordic uh, and uh, Venezuelan socialism that Bernie Sanders has been advocating for for a long time. I show a ton of videos of Bernie Sanders f- over decades saying he wants to nationalize industries, saying that he wants major government control of the economy. That's true socialism. That's mm-hmm. not Nordic European uh, economics. So I, I make that case, and then I talk about different ways that we can solve the issues of our day, whether that's talking about the student loan crisis, affordable health care, or protecting the environment. And basically, at NYU, I go to give this speech, and half the people that walk in are very clearly smug lefties. And and that's okay. Like, usually there's 10 or 11 in the crowd. And this time, it was half of the people in the room. And so I, wow. I it was a little, t- a little tense. But I again, I'm at the point where I stand up for myself now. And they usually sit there with these smug looks on their faces. They laugh. They chitter-chatter in the back. And what's crazy, I see them. I'm at the front of this. I'm at the front of the room, looking at the crowd. I can see their faces, and so this time I just looked at them, and they were already making noise. And I said, "You know what, guys? If you just give me this hour, we could talk about this after. I'm happy to have a conversation, and I think you're really going to be surprised. I don't think you are the enemy in this, and I hope you hear me out, and I hope you just give me that respect." And um, 
so there was this one guy, everybody was pretty nice, and they asked questions throughout, and that was okay, but there was this one guy that heckled me the entire time, and he rolled his eyes, he laughed at everything, the usual stuff. And at the end, he asked me a ton of questions, I answered them all, and then he had said he's a true socialist. There was some people from the Democratic Socialists of America in the crowd, and this one guy, he said he's a socialist, and so I said, okay, you've asked me a ton of questions, can I ask you a question? Do you really want to end up like Nordic Europe, or do you really want to seize the means of production? like a true socialist. Mm-hmm. And and he looked at me and he said, mm, no comment. And this smug, he like folded his arms and sat down in his chair and said, no comment. And I said, oh, you, you don't want to stand by what you just called yourself? Do you want to explain your values or do you just want to sit here? You just interrupted me for an hour and now you can't answer one question. And like I said, I now stand up for myself mm-hmm. in these situations, so I was feeling it. And, <laughs> and so we kind of went back and forth and I said, I just laid out for you the fact that Nordic Europe is capitalist and true socialism is seizing the means of production you call yourself a socialist do you really want to end up like nordic europe or not and eventually we got to the point where he looked at me and he said you know i just don't think you're very well educated on this topic <sighs> and so that kind of hurt honestly like, it yeah because i i just gave an hour-long presentation i get paid you guys to travel the country <laughs> and talk about my passion for an hour and i just spoke about it for an hour and gave a whole presentation and it's you don't have to believe me that bernie sanders said these things i have video yeah it's literally his lips mm-hmm. to your ears believe the video not me and so the guy just denies it and what was crazy is the college republicans are on the other side and they look at the guy and go did you just call a woman dumb <laughs> and, <laughs> and so i'm just like watching it from this point and the face of the girl that was next to him from the DSA from the guys who were next to him from the DSA they were shocked because he just insulted a woman mm-hmm. and you don't do that with the identity politics of the left that's a mm-hmm. no-no and so their ally immediately was shoved out and they raised their hands and they're like we just want to let you know we don't we don't see you as uneducated at all and <laughs> and he doesn't stand with us on this and we can't believe he just said that we are so sorry they came up to me after and they apologized we talked <laughs> we exchanged instagram handles we did all the things just because their colleague who they value and and they align with their values politically insulted a woman and called the woman dumb it was it was fascinating to see because the left really only operates on identity politics yeah and so it was fascinating to watch from and the it proved your point like oh, yeah. about that right <laughs> <laughs> it was truly wonderful and i i just wish it was recorded somebody recorded it from the back but it's very muffled and it's pretty much just me and the guy kind of arguing with each other but it was a glorious moment <laughs> <laughs> so as, as you are thinking about your future what are your goals from now on i mean it seems like you are just living what you wanted to do and you're able to do it it's really a dream and and not in the fact that like oh my dream came true but it's just more of the fact that my profession is my passion is a true honor and I don't take that for granted ever every single day I'm very thankful but after I graduated college I got an advertising job I full-time nine to five oftentimes it was nine to seven Mm -hmm. and then I'd, I'd walk back I was in Boston and when I I launched this I had been working on it for almost a year at that point and just the idea of it the rumblings the the little inspiration to maybe start something and I just have such an entrepreneurial spirit of, of creativity and creating things and so when I finally launched it it was crazy I we launched it in 24 hours we got a million views on a video we got on Glenn Beck's podcast Buck Sexton was the first podcast to have me on and like give me a chance to at least talk about what we're doing the next week we were on Fox uh, I went on Fox and Friends. We got all of these amazing donations. Not a single big donation, but 
tens of thousands of dollars pouring in because people were donating $5, $10, $25 from across the country because they didn't even know me yeah. or anything that we were doing, but they heard that we were on this mission and that we were just starting and they wanted to help out. And like that was just amazing to me. And so I gave my two weeks at my job and I immediately went on the road. I was in my apartment four days in the month of September and I realized I'm a conservative for a reason. I'm not paying to live to not live in this apartment and so I moved out of my apartment all my stuff is in a storage unit right now and I love an apartment actually to be honest I, I need a little homesick I don't like being homeless right now but it's a true passion to just travel speak to awesome groups of people be on shows spreading the message of what we're doing and film the stories of people who have lived through socialism and it's I'm very very thankful for it and I encourage anybody to just chase what they believe is their passion and find a way to include their passion in their profession because it's um I feel very alive, I guess you could yeah. say. Very tired on the inside, but <laughs> thrilled and alive on the outside. Well, it gives me you know, confidence in our country that there's mm-hmm. so many people who have just grasped what you're doing and are willing to support you in it. And that you know, what we do here on the news is that, well, you know, yeah, millennials are more and more socialism and they support it and they want to be communists. Well, maybe that's really not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't actually understand what it is. So, yeah, I think our generation is probably the most creative and capitalist generation we've ever mm-hmm. seen. I mean, mm-hmm. so many young people have Etsy businesses. So many people are on Fiverr selling their services. It's an amazing. I mean, like the fact that we drive Uber on the in our free time or Uber <laughs> Eats or anything. I mean, like. If I wanted to, I could do that. I could run my nonprofit. I have a small business. I also have a business for my speaking. And if I wanted to make a little extra cash, I could do Uber Eats. Like, we have an amazing (laughs) lifestyle. If we want to, we can earn money in many ways. And the fact that I always think about this when I try and come up with Yas content. I follow a bunch of, like, female hustlers, Instagram (laughs) pages, and, like, founder, and, and all these really cool pages about inspiring young Americans to chase their dreams, to start their business, to hustle, to make money, to build their, their lifestyle up, and what's crazy is when I see these female-oriented pages about being, like, a female CEO or a female boss, because I am now a CEO, and I literally, like, run everything in this organization, it's, it's stressful, but I see these pages that are so inspirational, so capitalist, and then they go and they post every three posts something political and left-leaning and and so I wonder how can we tap in to this audience and make sure that they know that they're very capitalist and that that's those are the values that they have they're just so scared of the title they're so scared Mm -hmm. of being considered a conservative or a republican and I hope we can uh, improve the imaging on that and I when I see these Instagram pages I get so inspired because I know (laughs) the values are deep down it's just a matter of messaging and, and reaching them yeah. So Morgan, where can we find you on social media? Oh, thank you. Well, my, my personals are just at Morgan Zeggers, but Young Americans Against Socialism, uh, we're really working hard on all the social media platforms to make quality educational videos. We just hired a new video editor, so uh, stay tuned within the next month. Those should be coming out. And then um, our website where all of our videos live is fightsocialism.org. So thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, Morgan, for sharing your story with us. And thank you for listening to this episode of Engage with Eagle Forum. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion. Please be sure to subscribe to Engage and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.